Welcome to Physicians Weekly. Welcome to this episode of Physicians Weekly's podcast. I am your host, Dr. Rachel Giles from Medical Medical Publishers in collaboration with Physicians Weekly. The Physicians Weekly podcast provides thought leader insights on the latest medical news, clinical trial coverage, and advances in medicine and healthcare. We are entering the holiday season, and as a recent study published in the journal Theoresclerosis showed, celebrating the winter holidays is associated with higher levels of LDL cholesterol by 20%, and it brings with it a higher risk of hypercholesterolemia by 15% in individuals in the general population. And although the holiday season is probably not the best time for a diagnosis of hypercholesterolemia, it is a great time to start talking about some of the revolutionary new methods and are being introduced to the clinics to treat hyperlipidemia. To take up that challenge, our episode today takes an in-depth look at two new studies just reported at the American Heart Association Scientific Sessions 2022, which was held in Chicago, Illinois from November 5th through the 7th. Of course, statins are first-line agents for reducing low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, LDLC, and the risk of cardiovascular events. In addition, biotechnical advancements in medication therapy have led to the development of Inclycerin, which is a recently approved twice-yearly injectable agent to help patients with heterozygous familial hypercholesterolemia and clinical cardiovascular disease on a maximally tolerated statin to reach LDLC targets. Inclycerin has demonstrated robust LDLC reduction in clinical trials in combination with favorable safety profile. However, the impact on cardiovascular clinical outcomes still remains under evaluation. First, Professor Kaushik, or Kosh Ray, from Imperial College London in the UK, he's also the president of the European Atherosclerosis Society, talks about the Orion 3 trial. And after that, Professor Jeff Anderson from the Intermountain Heart Institute in Utah talks with us about the Victorian Inception trial. Please note, next week we will be taking a week off for Thanksgiving, and we'll be back the week after that with an in-depth dive into human nitrogen metabolism and what happens when it goes wrong. Enjoy listening. Thank you for joining us, Professor Ray. Could you give us a short introduction to yourself? So, hello, my name is Koshik Ray. I'm Professor of Public Health at Imperial College London. I'm a cardiologist here in London and President of the European Atherosclerosis Society. So I've been leading the Orion uh, Development Programme for some time as Chair and Principal Investigator for some of the studies. And as you will all know, uh, a couple of years ago, we presented and published the Orion 9, 10 and 11 trials studying patients with established cardiovascular disease or high-risk primary prevention, which some called risk equivalents, and heterozygous familial hypercholesterolemia. So these were people with elevated cholesterol despite maximally tolerated statins, and so you would believe that they might benefit from further LDL lowering. And, and as we often do, we test in this patient population with a high unmet need additional lipid-lowering therapies. So inclycerin was the first of a class of drugs called small interfering RNAs. And what these uh, drugs can do is they shut off translation, meaning they target the message. You have a gene, a message, and a protein. If you break down the message, there is no protein to be made. So the discovery that PCSK9 lowering makes LDL receptor function better because PCSK9 in blood 
kills off some of the LDL receptors quite simply as it, that, that you're making, even with a statin in the background. So if we have combinations of a statin to make more LDL receptors in something that lowers PCSK9, then you've got a really good way of, of achieving really low cholesterol levels. So we know that monoclonals do that, but they have to be dosed every two weeks to maintain the 60% or so lowering of LDL. So, you know, think about it in a year, that's 26 injections, and we're reliant on patient adherence. So in this background, we tested in 3,600 patients, we knew that we could go from an injection on day one, and then day 90 to a six monthly or twice a year dosing schedule. But in those large studies that we did, no patient, because they were all stopped at 18 months, that was the primary uh, outcome. We knew the drugs were safe or inclusion was safe up to that time point. We also knew that it provided placebo corrected 50% LDL lowering. No patient in those studies received more than four doses. So we didn't know, for example, if repeat dosing over another four years, for example, would be associated with any differences in safety. We also didn't know whether repeat dosing, for example, the effect of that would wear off, would attenuate. So those were all unknowns. And also, there may be patients, for example, who were on a monoclonal, and these are great drugs, but there may be an opportunity, choice, patient, physician, uh, to switch to a more convenient regimen. So we also tested the safety of that switching. So what is Orion 3? What was Orion 3? So let's take a step back. So what we did before we went to those pivotal trials a couple of years ago, we did a trial called Orion 1. And this was a phase 2 dose finding study. So here, approximately 180 people got three single doses of inclusion because this was a dose finding study. And 60 got matched placebo single dose. Then we had another 180 that got three different doses of inclusion, but two doses this time, day one and day 90, and 60 people got placebo, two injections. And we followed those people up to one year. At the end of that one year period, people were invited to go into an open label extension study, and that is Orion 3, for another four years. And this is where the design is a little bit complex. Now, if you've had any dose of inclycerin in the prior year, there's still some response in people, you know, to more than 20%. So we couldn't establish a, a baseline after one year. So basically, we used the starting point of Orion 1 as the PCSK9 naive baseline, if you will. So the patients that got inclycerin in Orion 1 went on to 300 milligrams of inclycerin sodium every six months without a loading dose and just continued for another four years. Now, the people that got placebo in Orion 1, they'd never been exposed to inclycerin or any other PCSK9 lowering therapy. So what they had to do was roughly when they, they finished and that study was closed out, around about 
their last dose of ebilocumab about two and a half weeks before the first dose of inclycerin. So that's called sequential switch. Then we have concurrent switch. So a small group of patients had both inclycerin and ebilocumab on the same day. This is not a head-to-head -head comparison because they're not randomized to be matched in Orion 3. This is an open label extension, so every arm is reported separately. So what we found is in the patients that had received inclycerin all the way through Orion 1 and then continued onto that 300 milligrams of inclycerin every six months, that nine months into the open label extension study, so day 210, they achieved 47% lowering from that starting level. And you might look at that and say, oh, but that looks to be less effective. But remember, this is not placebo corrected. And that amount of lowering is exactly what we've seen in the inclycerin treated patients in 9, 10 and 11, when you look at their individual change from baseline. What's more important, I think, is that when you then look at the next four years, the same amount of reduction in LDL is maintained year to year to year. So if you look at that entirety of that four year extension period, then effectively, over four years, you're achieving an area under the curve, roughly 44% lowering of LDL cholesterol is being maintained with two injections per year. So think about that. So, you know, I can achieve a four year window of 44% lowering with nine injections effectively in that time window. So, and in terms of safety signals, we didn't see anything new. So the commonest things were injection site, adverse events. These are mild to moderate in severity, transient, the same as we'd witnessed in Orion 9, 10 and 11. And uh, we don't see anything new. We don't see any, any attenuation effect. Now, when you look at the switching arm and you look at the transition, there's no safety signal with either concurrent or sequential switching. But what has to be said is obviously in the year of monoclonal antibody exposure, the LDL lowering based on the biology because you're binding all of the PCSK9 in blood is greater. It's about of the order of about 60%. But that's with 26 injections. Then over the subsequent three years, effectively what you've got is with twice a year injection, a little bit less LDL lowering, but you've got really quite clinically meaningful reduction. So the vast majority of patients will achieve at least 50% lowering at any time point, and you're getting about 45, 44% lowering being maintained. So it's great news for doctors and patients because we've got two really good effective options now. Uh, we can see that the unanswered questions previously about does the durability of the effect last, and can we long-term achieve with through twice a year dosing meaningful reductions? Remember, 
in around 9, 10, 11, there's only a one year window when we've tested the twice yearly regimen because the studies were stopped at, at one year. So that's important. And we also have some, uh, some data, preliminary data uh, from Orion 9, 10, 11, from the pool safety data, showing a 25% lower risk of major cardiovascular events. And that's been published in the European Heart Journal. So I hope this kind of answers many of these questions that physicians may have around what we've presented, what it adds, and how we can look forward to the ongoing cardiovascular outcome trials uh, these are Victorian 2P and Orion 4. So thank you. Thank you. And um, so what is next on the horizon? These outcomes for the cardiovascular outcomes are, are obviously... They're going to be 2026, 2027. So they're a long way away. So I think what you'll see is you'll see some real world studies, you know, implementation, these sort of things. There'll be some populations that weren't studied before, like a Japanese patient population, for example. Some of the people that we didn't recruit into those earlier studies. Um, I think that we're doing a number of modeling exercises, where, what it can mean to population health. And, you know, and I think the key thing about this is that there'll be some real world studies about, for example, adherence to medication versus other types of therapies. So I think this is what it really adds. What would your key take home messages be? The big New England Journal papers were all lipid lowering studies, and they obviously allowed the drug to be launched around the world with a license and a label for LDL lowering. The cardiovascular outcome trials are ongoing. From those 3,600 patients, we have, based on safety data reporting, the first signal that LDL lowering over 18 months, because that's how long those studies were, with a relatively small number of, of events, about 300 or so events, reduced cardiovascular events or associated with the low in cardiovascular events by about 25%. Now, that bodes well for those two big, big ongoing trials. What are the, the two, well, three unanswered questions and what have we answered at this year's AHA? And I'll, and I'll explain what, why this data is so important because when we did those 18-month studies, we basically the twice yearly dosing regimen was really only tested for about a year because you gave the second dose and, it was, and you stopped the study 15 months later. And so what Orion 3 does is answer the question of over another four years, you know, is that twice a year dosing regimen viable? And does the effect wear off? Do I get a similar reduction in LDL? Is there any new safety signal? Yeah, so that's what that kind of answers. There's a second arm, which is the switching arm with Evolocumab. And it's not a head-to-head -head comparison. People have to be very, very careful. And as one would expect, so we basically switched people sequentially, i.e. 21 days after your last dose, or just gave two people the same jabs, you know, injections at the same time. And it didn't make any, any difference in terms of safety or efficacy. And as one would expect, and you know, it's, it'll be the manuscript is in revision and re-review, so it won't quite make it to the AHA, but sometime after it'll be out, hopefully, is basically that you know, numerically, a MAB is more powerful. And because it's binding all of PCSK9, this is shutting down hepatic PCSK9, which only accounts for 70% of what's in blood. But what I'm going to say is that, you know, it's great for us as clinicians and patients, because what we're now seeing is that 
you could, for example, over four years, let's say, use 106 injections to maintain 60% lowering, or you could basically use nine injections to maintain about 47, 45% lowering. So, you know, and, and that's the real, that's not, that's not the real take home, but it's context of that switching arm. I see. Okay. Well, I think that's very clear. So thank you so much for your time. Great. Take care. Next, I was able to catch up with Dr. Jeff Anderson in Utah to talk about the rationale and design of the Victorian Inception Trial. So thank you so much for joining me today. So I wanted to talk about the Victorian Inception Trial that will be presented at the AJ at the scientific sessions. But before before we get into the details of that, perhaps you could put it in context of what the unmet need is and what's been done until now. Sure. Well, and I, I'll say I just enrolled a patient in the study, so we're going strong. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> the gap in optimal therapy after an MI is aggressively treating lipid levels. We know that lipid levels, LDL cholesterol particularly, is a major risk factor for, is probably the most potent risk factor for myocardial infarction, uh, you know, along with hypertension, diabetes, and smoking, of course. So those are the major modifiable risk factors. And we have excellent therapies now for lowering LDL cholesterol. But we found that perhaps because of attention to other priorities after an MI, that often optimal therapy is not provided by the time of discharge or early in the post-op, post-admission timeframe. And so the idea here is to see if we could augment early therapy to bring levels of LDL cholesterol down to what's considered optimal or at least a guideline recommended levels early on within the first few weeks after an MI by potentially adding on glycerin, which is with a simple injection can dramatically augment lipid lowering, you know, by 50-60% beyond what uh, is accomplished by statins alone. Now, to get into the study, Victorian, one needs to have an LDL cholesterol that's above what we call threshold for treatment. In other words, if you're already very low and you're doing great, that's fine. But uh, the threshold for entry is 70 milligrams per deciliter. And in fact, there are new cholesterol consensus pathway guidelines for treating cholesterol from the American College of Cardiology suggest that after an acute MI, uh, the newly recommended threshold is even 55. So if it's over 55, then one could augment therapy, could accelerate therapy. Uh, But for this study, we're using the more traditional level of 70. So they need to be above 70, and that gives us a lot of room to improve the achieved LDL levels with additional therapy. In this case, it might be with glycerin. Uh, so if one is then randomized, uh, has at a screening visit after signed consent an LDL level over 70, one can then be randomized to usual care alone. That is whatever your cardiologist wants to give you, including 
It could be a PCSK9 inhibitor, or it could even include inclycerin, but uh, you know, using commercial uh, drug, or to the addition of inclycerin at that point in time. So, for example, this patient I had today was randomized to uh, aggressive therapy with inclycerin. So I gave an injection of inclycerin to try to bring his level down from somewhat over 100 uh, down to, we hope, certainly less than 70, but even less than 55. And then they come back that arm at three months to get a booster injection and then six months later. So then after that booster injection, it's just every six months on, the, on treatment. And so to see the idea in this study is to see at the end of a year what the LDL cholesterol levels are. And the primary endpoint in the study, in the Victorian inception study, is the percent of patients that achieve an LDL cholesterol less than 70. And we're also looking at the overall response, in other words, the change from the baseline level on treatment in either arm. And again, uh, the standard arm, its usual care, it's more real-world experience. Uh, it's not as tightly controlled as in other uh, studies where uh, you have to stay on the treatment you're on if you're in the control arm. But here there's a maximum flexibility for the treating cardiologist to do whatever he wants to do to optimize that level. And then in the investigational arm, those patients get in glycerin up front and then anything else that is added on, of course, is fine, and we like to have them continue on their statin, of course. We think the combination of statin and glycerin is a, a really wonderfully complementary regimen to reduce risk and optimize outcomes. So that's very in brief. The number of patients in the study is not very large. It's a few hundred, but we hope to be fully enrolled uh, sometime early next year and then follow them along for another year with uh, the results. We hope to be available in uh, the first half of 2024. And so we look forward to that as a way to potentially optimize treatment after a myocardial infarction, which is a very high risk period of time for a recurrent event. I think if I understand correctly, the primary endpoint then is, is a laboratory result. And the secondary outcomes, I suppose, will be for efficacy and safety? Uh, yes, there are many secondary outcomes, uh, you know, looking at different levels. And we obviously always look for clinical events, but this study is not large enough, you know, to have the power to determine the impact on events. That is being tested in another study that uh, we're involved with as well called Orion 4 which uh, is targeting 15,000 patients worldwide. And I think we're beyond 10,000 at this point in terms of enrollment that will have the power to look at the ability to reduce heart attacks and strokes and deaths, cardiovascular deaths. We'll certainly look at that and we'll look at uh, safety endpoints as well. But uh, that question is being tested in the Orion 4 study. Right. And that won't be reporting until 2026, 2027. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, okay. So my next question then is, what are the inclusion criteria? Perhaps you could just, uh, besides the LDL levels being over 70. Uh, right. Well, if you have in front of you, can help me out here because I don't have mine <laughs> level. But it would obviously be an acute myocardial infarction or, or acute coronary syndrome and with hospitalization, uh, either be after emergency room evaluation in hospital, inpatient admission or 
uh, even in some cases, uh, rarely outpatient management. But you have to be hospitalized or at least evaluate an emergency situation and a diagnosis made, a definite diagnosis of acute coronary syndrome. And uh, then it could be ST elevation MI, it could be non-ST elevation MI, could be a documented unstable angina. So that qualifies you to be screened for the study. And then beyond that, really, there are not too many additional criteria except that after you know treatment, initial treatment and hospital discharge, then we draw labs and uh, the LDL cholesterol has to be over 70. And then there's a minimal renal function threshold, I think, a GFR of, of more than 20. Right. Okay. Thank you. Now, and so what are some of the possible impacts you see this particular study bringing with it, as opposed to, say, the Orion 4? Right. Well, uh, number one, we want to see of those screened, how many are actually achieving on their own uh, LDLs less than 70. So that will be very interesting. In other words, what is the gap in terms of optimal management of MI patients. So that's very important to start with. And then beyond that, once we recognize that these patients are suboptimally treated and that information, you know, of course, is available to the treating physicians as well, independent of the investigator, independent of me, I'm not the treating cardiologist for the other aspects of the patient's care. How many of uh, those cardiologists will respond and augment therapy quickly and get the LDL cholesterol down uh, as compared to the study-directed treatment, which is to start in glycerin at that point uh, and then continue on along with other medicine that the patient's being put on. So, so, so that's another question. And then, of course, uh, really how effective is it in this particular scenario? So that in the other trials, the Orion study, for example, we were in the Orion 10 study, Orion 8, and then Orion 11 in Europe. These patients generally could not be enrolled until at least three months after a coronary event. And so we don't have the experience for those early months when, uh, you know, the risk is very high for a recurrent event and the potential to further reduce that risk is present. So this is a uh, giving us experience in that early post-infarct period. Uh, is the drug just as well tolerated? Is it just effective at lowering uh, LDL levels in those first few months uh, as it was in the more uh, chronic studies? Yeah. Right. And I suppose one of the elegant aspects of Inclusoran is it's expected that the compliance will be quite high, given the fact that it's just twice yearly injections on site. Yes. And I believe it, from what I've seen, the safety data is, looks very encouraging uh, with very few side effects beyond site injection irritation. Do you have anything else to add to that? Yes, that's right. No, no, we've been, I've been working, you know, in the urine study program for over four years. And uh, uh, my experience is consistent with that of the study as a whole. That is that, you know, in those studies, the number of side effects were really just identical virtually to that in the placebo group. There wasn't any, except maybe a little more injection site reaction, as you mentioned, um, uh, in the active therapy group, the placebo group. So very, very encouraging in terms of its impact on liver function, its impact on muscle function, CK, and you know, renal function and so forth. So yes, very, very encouraging that way as well. And of course, once we give the shot, then uh, that herence is 
100% for the next three to six months, depending on when the next injection is due. And then we know if they come in or they don't come in for their next injection. So we can keep track of adherence, you know, 100%. Whereas if you're dependent on taking a pill, we just don't know, um, uh, you know, if they're taking it, uh, for example, how, how frequently. And uh, I just had a patient today that... Uh, uh, that claimed to be on a statin, and we drew the levels, and her LDL had gone quite a, quite up since the last time we'd seen her. And so, you know, I suspect there is a compliance problem there. But uh, but this way, we can really definitely uh, know that there's adherence, 100% adherence, uh, or not. Yeah. All right, thank you. Do you have any final comments you want to say to physician colleagues about the potential or the limitations of this study? Well, I th I think that the limitations are that uh, you know, we won't have outcomes from it, but uh, we do know that LDL cholesterol is now a causal factor. There's a lot of data. So if if a, an agent lowers LDL cholesterol uh, with a, a very, very clean safety record, I think there's very strong evidence that it should also lower events. Uh, and uh, obviously, we want to see the results of the outcomes trial. That's necessary as well. But this would be a, a strong impetus if this is well tolerated, safely lowers LDL cholesterol more and achieves the target uh, range more frequently than with standard care, with usual care. I think that that will be uh, really an important observation. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Take care. That's all the time we have for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and stay healthy. Physicians Weekly is produced in collaboration with Medicom Medical Publishers and Physicians Weekly. 